Retro Anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I am Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette. How's it going, everyone? What a go! Today we shed some tears for the infamous action crime series, Crying Freeman. Will they be tears of pain, joy, or sorrow? Time will tell. Crying Freeman is based on a Japanese manga series written by Kazuo Koike and illustrated by Ryoichi Ikigami. Uh, the story was adapted from into an anime by Toei Animation and re released from 88 to 94. Uh, it has also been adapted into three live-action films, uh, two uh, based in China, Hong Kong, and a French-Canadian production in English. The first five episodes of Crying Freeman were dubbed into English by Streamline Pictures, who we've covered a ton of their stuff, and uh, released on VHS from January of 94 through February of 95. And it took until 2004 for the sixth and final episode to see release in the West. And it was actually they pulled the original Streamline cast back to dub that last episode. So I thought that was pretty cool on their part. Uh, and I just, um, what to say about Crying Freeman? So Crying Freeman, it follows a Japanese assassin who's like hypnotized and trained by the Chinese mafia uh, to serve as a, the ultimate hitman, right? And... His, his body is covered in a ridiculously huge tattoo, and he cries a lot. He cries whenever he kills someone. Bloody liar. Uh, it's like, ah, crying Freeman. So the setup's pretty interesting, and I, I remember when I, I first grabbed this, I, I, didn't, I didn't buy it. I, I think I must have borrowed it from somebody. I can't remember, but it was, uh, I think it was about 94 that uh we picked this up i didn't buy it i've never i've never bought this before I, it was uh it was on loan I, but i only ever saw the first episode i didn't even know there were more un until you know until we you know got together to watch this again same <laughs> so i i never finished it uh until now and um i have and all the questions I think we all have questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of, there are a lot of questions. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We're, we're about to go what you call the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's um all right, so let's go ahead. Can, 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 can I pose the question? Go for it. <laughs> go for it. I you remember when you were just when we were talking about uh Macross Plus, right? Yeah. Sure. And you remember your wonderful elevator pitch that you had for that? Yeah. Um, I think we should all go around and do an elevator pitch and <laughs> see and see where we land. <laughs> <laughs> An elevator pitch for crying Freeman. All right. Um, I, I'm I'm game. Let's let's play. Who wants to go all first? Brian right. mm. pitched it's his idea. Oh well, I, I'm saving mine for last. Uh, we'll, we'll go with the lovely lady, Vicar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sure, fine. I'll go first. 
Japanese pottery maker gets kidnapped, becomes an assassin, and somehow, starting from the lowest possible, you know, rank, ends up becoming leader and bangs all the women. Okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna go with um, I was gonna go with a world class Japanese assassin who kills everyone naked. <laughs> Kung Fu from the nipples to your toes. That's the only thing that I can say. <laughs> now that's a tagline for the DVD right there. <laughs> that's 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 the elevator pitch. Is if you want to watch Crying Freeman, it's Kung Fu from your nipples to your toes. That's pretty much all that it. Was. I gotta admit that that wins. <laughs> I gotta admit. Get me on the elevator. Let's do this shit. All right. <laughs> Top floor. Your turn, Brian. I was actually going to say the polyamorous uh, gangster that somehow only has shadows from the waist down. <laughs> he has a black hole where his penis should be. No, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> you don't see if you're worthy of seeing. Oh, yeah. man. Boy, it's a really tough one to talk look, about, isn't it? So I didn't no, hate no. this actually. I found it. I found it entertaining. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah, I wasn't I'm bored. Say, I was confused, but I was not bored. <laughs> I'm going to say words that have never, ever been said by me. And Vic and Rick may pass out when I say these words. The nudity was too much for me. <laughs> there was denouncing <laughs> nudity. If there was ever a case, to and be I mean made, Brian's favorite was Biasan. <laughs> if there was ever a case to be made for too much nudity, this anime absolutely wins. There is too much nudity in this. There is too much unneeded. They nudity. had a requirement that you had to be nude to fight. No matter what. I, not always. Sometimes he was in his underwear. Sometimes he was in a costume. It's like... He took really? off his shoes. He took off his shoes to cut people. I don't understand why the, the need you know to what? use his toes. Like, it was... I can't, like, I, toe I can't nine hold this correctly and, until I put it between, between my, my big toes. My prehensile, toe, my prehensile toes. I mean, yes. <laughs> inspiration for Nightcrawler. I just gotta say, I would hate to be his tattoo artist. Dude. Because that tattoo went straight into his crack. Oh, yeah. The, the black void uh, <laughs> is nether regions. So, yeah, to touch on what Vic said earlier, this give anybody who's never seen this a little bit. It, Yo is the the assassin character, and he's a, a Japanese potter who is captured, kidnapped, hypnotized, and instantly becomes the world's greatest assassin. Second, Go goes first. Yeah, acupuncture. Yeah, yeah, via acupuncture, yeah. Um, because we all know that potters are naturally the greatest martial artists with the most incredible physiques and and have the muscle memory to become the world's most legendary assassins. That's, you know. And lover. And lover, and lover. yes. And lover. Well, see, though, here's the thing is how he <laughs> went from, from virgin to, like, sex god in three episodes... I, had no, I don't know what he took or what was going on there. Yeah, so, all right, now. No, saying, I want some fair. Freeman cologne. Here we go. So this first episode, Emu, uh, uh, Emu, Emu, it's, it's, it's spelled Emu, and I know that's not how it's pronounced. She's, 
she witnesses Yo doing his assassination thing, and then she knows that because he's she's seen him. Uh, dumbass walks right up to her, is like, "Hello, I am Yo." Like, oh, cool, awesome. That's world's greatest assassin. <laughs> Perfect. And then, <laughs> right, and then she so she knows she's fitting to die, and her knows it. And her one, her one request is, listen, before I die, I really want you to take my virginity. I've never known the touch of a man. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a virgin, too. And look, man, and I am in my, I'm in my mid-40s. And this is one thing I know. Virgin sex is never good. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's a lot of fumbling. When these two... Yes, there's fumbling. There's pinching in places. Yeah, this is you, you squeeze where you think you're going. Squeezing that, too hard. Know? No, it's just it should have been a hot mess. <laughs> and, but and two virgins, two virgins going at it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a mess. Everything you were saying was just with one virgin. <laughs> but with two virgins, that's like, do I stick this here? <laughs> Somebody would have gotten hit in the belly button first, though. Just that like, would have been... Oh, man. <laughs> and this was the 80s, so there was no internet. So I I am, right. I take a lot of issue with the prowess of Yo uh, in bed at the time. Of course, you know, I may not know the difference, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that was... that was, that was was um, I laughed out but, loud when that dropped. I, okay, so how... And then... A dude gets stabbed in the back of the head. How does he still have like motor function ability? Very very little brain. <laughs> that was that was the first. The first thing I wrote is like he is still shooting and talking. Yeah, there's and a lot of there's a lot of that in this series. It's not just this kill. And now uh, it, we're gonna probably compare this to Go Go Thirteen a lot. I imagine because it's. Nearest, I imagine we we watched that assassin film, and to com- comparably the kills, I so he has a different way of killing, right? Golgo uses guns and guns, and and, and Yo uses toe knives. Um, yeah. Oh, toe knives and nick and nipple licks. Knives and, that's yeah. <laughs> But he did use a gun at the very beginning. Um, yes. I would have to say I have yet to be able to kill somebody with a nipple lick. I don't know. <laughs> defeat them. Defeat them. Yeah, by but the, you I, will turn their murderous intentions and right into love. Make them less muscly and more slender. I, I just... It's weird. So there's this series. <clears throat> so this series came out in the 80s and it came out in the in, in between 80s and 90s. And, and it, to say it's sort of of its time is pretty accurate. It's the bill With the of exception sale. of episode four. Well, the bill of yeah, the bill of sale for this is it's tricky because I was as we were watching it, I was trying to think who is this show for, and horny teenager was the best I could come up with. Uh huh. Is I couldn't find anything about it that was particularly substantial enough to. I don't know, to be compelling. I, it was, I mean, it wasn't deep at all. No, it's, it's a, yeah, it's about as, as deep as a kiddie pool in the desert. It, there's not a lot to this. It, it, it felt like it was skin and max and you have somehow dropped like John Claude Van Damme into the lead. And 
You know, they they never show yeah. anything heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's never it's never so it's never so graphic that it's extreme, not sexually. It's also never so violent that it is. Yep. Especially in episode two where they did weird censoring on weapon penetration. So it's it, trying to determine who this was for was something I, I, I wrote a note in about halfway through the series. And I'm, and that was my question. It was like, I just, I don't, I don't know who the market was short of teenagers. It right? was me. No, no, it was me. It was the, I was the market. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian I mean, Freeman. yeah. as a teenager, sure. Right. Cause as a teenager, it didn't take much animated nipples and women swooning over the dude. That was, I did didn't care what the plot was, but looking at it now, trying to decide who this was for, uh, thematically, there's a lot there. Like they could have done a lot more with, you know, the whole concept of criminal organizations and and relationships and the nature of love and and uh, the costs of power and, and true power and what it is. And there's a lot when you're dealing with crime dramas, uh, even crime action films. There's a lot you can unpack with the structure of these things. And none of that is in this. <laughs> none of that it's is anything. in this. I'm just curious how the leader of an organization is the only person doing the work. A valid question. So here's the thing. Um, and we got to go forward a little bit with this. Yo is not the leader. Yo is an abductee who becomes their chief assassin. And yet... By the very beginning of episode two, he is suddenly in charge. He is suddenly promoted uh, and he, married he and everything. Heir. Yeah. The characters that in the first episode are going to kill him, Mama Tiger, beating the crap out of him with her tiny ass uh, on their nuclear, their armed nuclear submarine that the uh, 108 we're, we're, Dragons just happens to have. Exactly. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about that for a second. Prior <laughs> Navy myself. I was like, huh? That <laughs> <laughs> I, I what? <laughs> Every criminal organization needs their own tactical nuclear submarine. It's just like a prerequisite. Like I can't. How? Like how much? How much money do you think goes into just procuring a submarine? Well, and, well, and not only so much to the point that they can only afford one one assassin to actually work. Who knows that they actually bought it? They could have just walked up one day and was like, "That's mine." And, and the owner. Sure, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Obviously, I take issue with this. I feel like there's um, who the writer um, Kazuo. He maybe he just didn't. Maybe he was younger when he wrote it. Maybe he just didn't want to do the legwork. But I feel like. Just a short amount. I know it was the '80s, but I feel like just the tiniest amount of, of research effort, just effort, the tiniest amount, and and he would have realized the submarine was a very bad idea. The yacht would have just been <laughs> just leave it at the yacht, call it a day. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's it is what it is. So, and missiles, missiles. Yeah, they missiles. have armaments. They they are basically like. A small terrorist organization. That's what they are. They're not a Japanese crime organization. No, they you are know? not. They are. They're not. They're Chinese. They're Chinese. Yeah, Chinese. They're Chinese, Chinese assassination organization. And you know the thing about it is, they just go around getting rid of people. I don't understand how they chose Yo out of all the people they could have chose in fucking China. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's because he got a girlfriend. That's what it was. Nobody else oh, had a girlfriend. A so he got a girlfriend. It wasn't That's an arranged marriage. He he picked, and because he picked, he he qualified. And like, we're, we're basically saying that's the only thing that I could think. Well, it's just the fact, just the fact that during their wedding ceremony, Grandma Fu decided to show off her tattoos. She's like, "You have to do it just like this." And did not need that. Did not need that. <laughs> no. Not only did she take off her tattoos, she arched backwards. Of right? all, like, look. Of all the nudity in this series, and, and six hours. Yeah, Six hours of titties. Oh, Did God. not need that. Uh, Mama Tiger is like a five foot two, 800 year old woman. Damn, damn. And to get Look you at get. Your grandma. <laughs> Look at your grandma. Look at your grandma. Put tattoos on her. Full and body. Full, That's what yeah. we had to deal with. Full body Yakuza style tattooing. Um, it was it was it's a lot. Yakuza style tattoos in China. Yeah, but they're a Chinese I... organization. So uh, now this, so that's something I actually wrote down because in in episode two and episode one is, uh, you know, we're try to jump around a little bit here, but in episode two he becomes the leader of the Hundred Eight Dragons and and one of the characters uh, attempts to assassinate him. That was episode two, right? Um, yeah. His piranha teeth. Right. So, and of course, his name is, is Uranus, which was great. You mean Count Lee from Vampire Hunter D? So he attempts to assassinate him, and the reason he attempts to assassinate him is because uh, the uh, the other character, Mercury, his code name. Oh, that's right. It was Mercury that was Count Lee. Right. He has like an intense hatred towards the Japanese, which I I dug that point, but it was that was the only time it was ever really brought up. Was that you know a lot of the Chinese have a, a ridiculous amount of hatred towards the Japanese for all the atrocities that were inflicted upon their families and their ancestors during the World Wars and before. So there is a lot of animosity between the Chinese towards the or you know from the Chinese towards the Japanese because of all the war crimes that were committed. And I feel like that is something that if they would have leaned into that a little bit more, how this Japanese guy is running a Chinese organization, like it could have been a very dramatic and important plot point. And they, as soon as they started, I was like, oh, cool. And then they fucking, like, that shit was over. Like, nope, that, we're done with that. We're not going to yeah. touch that. And, and, and you know what? Who was like, you should get over it. It's okay. Be zen. He did. That's what he did, yeah. right? Yeah. With, with dog ear giant, he sat there and said, <laughs> You should get over it. It's cool. Yeah. He's in. Yeah. And then gave him a Japanese wife. Yeah. Right. So both the, the head of the Chinese crime syndicate. Would, syndicate, syndicate, syndicate. syndicate is now Japanese. Right. Yeah. And he gets a Chinese name. So it makes it all better. Anyway, I feel like that was, it, it got glossed over so fast. And it's a shame because I thought that that was so interesting. But episode two introduces... What has to be the most interesting character in Bayasan, who is so interesting for lack of it a better word. It reminded me of what is it? Is it John Candy's character in Spaceballs? God, Bart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the hair. Like, she's an awesome Just character. Like I, I loved her personality throughout the whole thing. She really. Uh... 
she brightened up a lot of pieces of the anime where I was confused. But I just couldn't get over the fact that the way they did her hair made like her look puppies. like a dog. Yeah, like shaggy dog puppy ears. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's why and I said just, I was like, it just brought me back to Spaceballs. I was like, what is happening? Not to mention the fact that she towered over everyone. Like, it, it was anime scale. Like, she was she was 12 feet tall. And, 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 and she suffered from the same ailment everybody else in the series had, and that was clothing. Yes. Or yes. lack of yeah. With the love of thongs, that was that was one that she, you know. I mean, she is uh, just. At first, I thought, well, this is an interesting. Just the fact that everyone has to get naked to fight. Just ah, why? It's and it's everybody, right? It's not just him. It's it's it, Biasan has to be naked, and 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 his wife. Okay, so now we're going back up because again, this episode is going to be all over the place. It's just too much to cover. They they're two virgins, and they get it on, and. And all of a sudden, Yo, Master Assassin, has a ridiculous amount of faith in this virgin he just banged. And he's all like, she's not going to turn me in. I have complete faith in her. I'm like, you do? You just met her. Like, seriously? And and by the end of things, the timid little painter girl is essentially a nudist. Like, <laughs> they, they, plot, assassin. they plot well, their... Does she really kill anybody? I've no, never, not in the I first mean... one. She only killed the the crazy guy when she cut off the hand and the head. Oh, in in part, yeah, in like episode four. But she yeah. does. Yeah, I don't. No, no. And in, in in episode five or six, she comes in and she's like slashing people up like like ninja oh, okay. guy. But yeah, she's because oh oh because she found a possessed sword. Yeah. All right. So that's another thing. So this story starts very rooted in like pseudo pseudo modern chinese japanese aesthetic and it's 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 kind it's a rooted in reality kind of thing even though we're talking about somebody being brainwashed with acupuncture it's still very much rooted like the kills are you know like it's it's not supernatural and it's not uh science fiction it's you know just like a sort of modern and a attempt at realism and then right around i think it's episode three she finds a magic fucking sword Forget and it. and then we're now in Magic Town, but Magic Demon Sword is a sexist, and <laughs> then Magic Demon Sword suddenly not so sexist. As long as she's naked. As long as she's yeah, you know. Oh, still kind of sexist, but you know. Still yes, it's like you have no value until your nipples are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this well, basically in, in terms of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> 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 the sword goes, I will not teach you how to fight. And then it goes, boobies. Okay, let's fight. Yeah, so then now we're good. You won me over. You're good. <laughs> right. I, I, you know what? I, we're being hard, but I can honestly say I've done a lot for a pair of boobies. So maybe I need to get, get off my high fucking horse. And just... well, well, the part that got me was was when during that episode, she said, I will take care of the bad guys. Don't worry. Let me do it. And then she gets mm-hmm. naked. And she does a sword dance, and nobody dies. Nobody, nobody, nobody because dies. he rides in on a hand glider. Yes, and then everybody she... celebrates him. And I'm like, yes. so multiple questions about this scene. So it's a question in point. She's she's got the Muramasa, Mur, yeah, the the demon bite, and she's doing this little sword dance like she's gonna start chopping people up. I fully expected heads to start flying. Right, and I all of a sudden. Like, blood everywhere yeah and then all of a sudden yo is riding in on his dragon kite 
in underwear. Yeah, in his underwear. The tiger is calling the dragon. The tiger's calling the dragon thing, right? And he lands. And then everybody's like, that's the leader of the 108. That's the Freeman. And then everybody starts cheering. So I have two questions about this. Is they knew who he was, but they didn't know who his wife was. And how did they know who he was if he's the leader of an elite secret criminal organization? <laughs> like everybody in, in, everybody in well, Hong Kong just knew him by faith. You know, seriously, uh, we have to say that this is one of those... Uh, Sylvia from uh, Bubblegum Crisis, where everybody knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> there was Look, no secret identity. It was just identity. It, it just instantly. And I, I think by the fifth or sixth episode, it's like, hey, that's not what's his face on the rope. It's Freeman. It's like, so apparently, eventually, everyone knows who he is. Everyone just knows who he is. Yeah. So, he said, was, that's his face on a rope. What was the rope attached to? A fucking plane. <laughs> they did the they did the Batman thing before Batman did the Batman thing. What, what was the, with the knife in the boob? The knife in the boob? That's the one thing that I never understood. Yeah, there was that one episode where he's flying and the girl the weird snake girl. That one always dropped that <laughs> oh, one always he dropped me. Straight the heart, through the boob. Yeah, All he, right, so. he grabbed one boob in a little He, pinky, he was checking to see which one he, he wanted to stab. Boob. And then right. stabbed her in the other boob. And so that was, that was episode five. And that character, right. I, I had to write down, I, I wrote note, her name is Nina. And is she was like, uh, for the artists out there, she was like a Patrick Nagel painting as an anime character. Um, for those of you who don't know Patrick Nagel, he did the art, like very famous art pop artist from the 80s. Um, the... Duran Duran, the Rio cover, like that style of art, that's his thing. And she looked like that. Like she looked like a character right out of his stuff. And she was the thirstiest woman I ever seen. Oh, oh. <laughs> she was gonna taxidermy oh. him and make him a lot, Yo. make him a real doll. I mean, that was basically, he was like, she's like, I would just taxidermy you and you'll be my real doll for life. That is pretty much- Not to mention, she had the same type of origin sto story as Emil. Right. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So, so, so what happens when he records the people you know that he lets them see kill him? You know? No, it's the cologne. So, yeah, she's, um, yeah, crazy. I, 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 I wrote a, a note probably a few times in here, but it said the women in this series are so ridiculously thirsty. It is insane. And she is their queen. And and yeah, and, and some graphic ass titty stabbing up in this bitch, especially in that episode. Like lots of titties get stabbed in this one, at least at least two, right? Because the very first episode is a character who I just did not understand at all. Um Kimie. And oh, she's yeah. the wife of a crime lord. Who was dead. And who got killed. Who's dead. Right? So then she like She's naked and she like. I think she, she wore pants. She well, black. Let's not forget that she also banged the cop during the. Right, she blackmails the cop, and mm -hmm. then bangs the cop, then gets him like through the magic of vagina, gets him to be her her slave basically, and and she never puts a blouse on. The Ever rest again. of the episode, <laughs> she's in a helicopter with the titties out, jumps out the helicopter, ready to fight, like here to kill. Freeman, 
No top on. Just she fully embraces. The if they're flawless, you can go braless. That's basically we. <laughs> she embraced that statement. If they're flawless, you can go braless. She uh, went braless and topless and I just basically. Please, please make sure you insert this slow tap. <laughs> this is uh yeah you know what there you go that this this series this is free the nipple the anime that's what this hey was. Look, look, <laughs> i can say that statement right there i feel it's so educational <laughs> <laughs> i love the order that we're doing this because it feels like everything is building upon it and god damn it i've never i've never heard that if it is flawless you can go brawless <laughs> it's it, i just i i really i literally wrote down i said does kimmy even own a blouse because i just know i don't think she does i don't know no, you just saw her in a yukata and then she's and even then it was already open now she does reappear later on in in episode five or six and she's wearing a, a yukata again but and this time she keeps it on so good for her oh wait and then she doesn't uh <laughs> Oh, it was four. It was episode four. Everybody's mm-hmm. favorite, episode four. She's supposed to to bang Freeman to unleash his secrets. Pretty <laughs> much, she was going to brainwash him by banging him, and it backfired. But I have one comment about episode four. One comment. One. Go ahead. What's your one comment about episode four? I have a Why lot. Why is it that episode four looks like it was animated in the late 60s, early 70s by a bunch of art students that were just learning to draw? So here is the skinny on episode four. Uh, it's not skinny so much as just a note that I, I, fa- I saw in the opening credits. The character design for episode four was done by one of my personal favorites, Satoshi Urishihara. So if you rewatch that episode, which I don't recommend, you can see his DNA in the character designs. Animation style, art direction, I don't know who the fuck did that one. Because it went, this series, for every episode except four, is really beautifully animated. It's, you know, standard 90s anime cel-shaded style artwork, but the characters are rendered in such a way it's very unique. None of this standard anime tropes with the big eyes and the, like, everything is, it's a, it's a very visually unique series. But episode, episode four, which four, is it's like they were on the budget and they just said, we're just not going to bother with cells. Let's just do everything in pencil and color it and see how that goes. And it... It's so jarringly different from a visual standpoint that I it 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 hurt it. And that's it's a shame because it's I love Satoshi's work. Brilliant, oh, brilliant amazing stuff, Just but brilliant artist. But paired with the anim- things that you don't put on your resume. No, paired I did not. The, yeah. No. Paired with the animation direction of episode four. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Now to be fair, episodes five and six, it was a different animation team as well uh different from one through three so yeah episodes five and six were done by a completely different animation team as well but five and six felt the same as one through three like they they lived in the same style four was i feel like four was like their budget toss it was like man we just don't have budget for another episode right now uh it's you like know. we can only afford 20 minutes well you need to make it an hour go yeah and it yeah. really well, jarring well, then they also wanted to bring back the, the, the girlfriend with the crazy side knife, the one that... Oh, you talk talking about Bug Nug? Oh, what? 
though you might have to talk about it's your name, right? Bugnug or Dark Eyes? Bugnug. So, in, well, Bugnug translates to uh, ant eater, right? So, Bugnug is her name. Uh, I so when Bugnug came out, all right, so that that was when Bugnug came out, yeah, let's let's, let's talk about Bugnug. You look so, scary, Bugnug scared yeah, the shit out of me. I was here. like, you look like this monstrous hulk of a character to get the Bugnug. We had to kill two other people. Yeah, two. And, yeah, and and to get to kill those people, you had to become a, a damn uh, hairstylist. Yes, and bang, and bang another woman. Uh, yes, Bugnug is the general of an African crime syndicate, and the Horn of Africa. And Bugnug is, I just want to say, a Wakandan. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's just like. Mountain of a woman, Wakandan warrior. Uh, like her muscles had muscles. Rocking, yep. rocking a a a fro that is just magically delicious, and and stood there in all her nude glory with because with, with uh, she magically appeared now. nude. Because again, because, you know, I wasn't even sure she owned clothes at the time. Because again, if you're gonna kill somebody in this series. Your tits got to be out. It's like a rule. Even if you're a dude, you, you got to show them. They get into a hell of a fight. Um, and then and, she's and, incapacitated by the nipple lick. That's oh my much god! So he's he's losing, right? He's losing, but then he manages to pin her and and defeats her in. He defeats her by threatening to bite off her nipple. <laughs> <laughs> nipple lick, and yeah, that's it. That's how he does it. And then he stands up, drips some blood on her, and she's all like, you are my god. No, 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 no. <laughs> drips some blood into her mouth. Right. And, and, then she, and then she's done. And then she's done. And, and then he passes out. Yeah. Yes. And she and saves she's his like, life. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> yeah. So good. And, and then, then after that, she no longer looks like this huge hulking of a hulk of a character. Right. She like blenders out. Yeah, you know. she lost muscle mass. She stands on the edge of a cliff naked with her side, with her demon side. Yeah. In her superhero pose. <laughs> in a pose, yes. Blade leg. Demon Man. side. Man. And again. As Yo's woman. Even though Yo has like five women. It don't, it don't matter. Yeah. Because he all of the women belong to Yo. He got three now, right? He's at the, he explains in episode four that the nature of his relationship with his wife is true love. You know, love in its purest form. And I'm like, yo, you just want to keep fucking chicks. It's all right. You can admit it. Yeah. Um, that's, why I said, that's why Mike said he was polyamorous. He absolutely is. <laughs> yep. It's like, just just own it. Don't be don't be like trying to, you know, it's, uh, the nature of real life to live on. And they'll say, oh, no, fuck you. You just want to bang chicks. Like, don't make an excuse. If you're enjoying it, just yeah. admit it. And then he went straight Vin Diesel on them and talking about the whole power of family. And yeah, seriously. Blah, 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 family, blah, 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 um, family, 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 blah, 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 no family. There's no family. His, his wife is sterilized. There is no <laughs> So And obviously, those two are the only ones this. in the entire organization because no one else does anything. No nepotism. Right? This, 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 this. The 108 has a hard stance on nepotism, right? Nobody in the family can have, nobody can have kids and nobody can, can, no child can take over. Except the people who tell him about that rule secretly had kids. Right? <laughs> so, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> like, a lot of dudes are saying that. Yeah. 
So it sounds like just like any other employer. And of course, their kid is Biasan, so we're just not going to get into that. <sighs> well, their grandchick kid is Biasan. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's like her grandkid is is Biasan. Who? All right. So you know I, wrote, what? I, I gotta talk about Biasan. I do too. I do too. I want to talk about Biasan. I want to talk about the nature of the relationship between Biasan, Amu, and Yo, because the next time we see Biasan after they pull her ass off the edge of that building is a very interesting relationship she suddenly instantly has with the two people she was fit to kill five minutes earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you got the nipple lick and the massages. I'm telling you. I'm just kung fu, kung fu from the nipples to your toes. That's and it's all, all it is. It's all like when I see when I see my brother, I think one way, and she grabs one boob. <laughs> see, see my sister, I feel another way, and she's grabbing the other. I'm like, what? You should not. There just should be no boob grabbing when you think about it. <laughs> just. Just, just, just don't, just don't do that. It is and they, so, and they just smile indulgently at her, like oh, right, like so, so. That's something that this show did with uh, those characters, with Mama Tiger and and the her husband, whose name I don't it doesn't matter, and then um, and Biasan is they take characters who are these like imposing characters. In episode one, Mama Tiger is ready to kill Yo, and she's supposed to be like the tough little old bitch that runs the show. And then they relegate these characters to basically a comic relief after mm -hmm. that. And I, like the happy grandparents, you know, when their grandkids come over. Right. And I just, it was very jarring for me to see, to have that play out that way. Because I, like, I, I like characters to be consistent. I like character development development to to make some kind of sense. And and those characters were like completely different characters in from that one bit to the, the very next. She was always, Biasan was always a whiny mountain of a woman who's basically a toddler, but she went from an imposing problem to a ancestral sister. I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing for me. Right hand, right hand woman. Uh, yeah, right hand. What? Suddenly the, like, just the air, they're ace in the hole. Like, this is my human shield and sister, Biasan. I, it was, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Maybe. And can I also say I appreciated that they didn't shy away from her nudity as well. No, absolutely. We were, I thought that was cool if, too. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna get Gam Gam's new nipples, you better put bias on the on the block as well. And 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 that is the only and episode two is two is the only time you I think you ever see bias on in clothes. I'm pretty sure she's naked the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> well, when combat's involved, yes, the clothes come off just like everyone else. There like, is one. Sure, we're invading an island. We're in, you know, we're in wetsuits. Land on the island, wetsuits come off. It's like right, exactly. Why? There is. Is that the scene? So there's. Is that the one where they, where they're the military guys? Is yeah, that so, so yeah, yeah. That's I. I distinctly I wrote down. Is like why is she suddenly naked? Like there's no. <laughs> she's. She cuts they're, they're, her wetsuit and this smoke comes out. I don't know what the smoke is. And I'm like, either she had really bad gas while she was swimming under the water. She's been letting them rip inside the wetsuit and she, they had to come off. <laughs> and she was just like, it's not coming out anyway. And she just stabs it and and there you go. But I do I do have to I do have one thing that I that I did not like. Why did they have to kill Ko? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually wrote that down. I said, well, that's bullshit, Ko's death. Yeah. 
they didn't have to. And didn't it, have it's to. didn't have to. They they did it and they I had to make room for bias on. They that there you go. Really. You know they, what? They didn't want to draw him naked. That's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's his death, that, that one chick that killed him, essentially. Yeah. How is it? She's wearing an electric bodysuit. So electric bodysuit. Yeah. And, and y'all are in the water. Yeah. Y'all okay. guys are, you know, they're 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 holding each other. She's electrocuting him, but how is she not electrocuted? Just a little it's bit. Essentially, of... just a one-piece bikini in the water. Just a. And 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 to comment uh, to expand on that comment, how was Ko dumb enough to stab the armor? Woman only has armor from her tits to her vagina. And the only and the part of her body he decides to drive a knife into is the armor. He could have got her in the head, the neck, the arm, like anywhere, the inner anywhere thigh, cut the carotid artery. No, no, I'm gonna go straight for the body armor. Yes, any other time he was punching, <laughs> he was stabbing people between the eyes, right, in the ear, behind the head. He was essentially the perfect sidekick. Yeah, he punched some you know, dude someone with his eye dead before out. they hurt yo. He'd take care of it, and now. I am gonna. Yeah. I, I am gonna say this about this, I, and this is the note I wrote down. And I, it's that this anime has the one and only instance of literal whitewashing. Oh yeah, yeah, the spray tan <laughs> from oh, hell. Oh god. <laughs> the spray tan literally from washes herself white <laughs> so she can go <laughs> kill yo. <laughs> Just. I could not. I saw that. I was like, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> how, how, so no one on the entire face of this planet knew? It just... What? <laughs> and I think we broke Brian. I think he, Brian got broke. The assassin literally <laughs> puts cream on her body in the shower to wash herself Please. white. Uh, it is astonishing. And it stays on. Through her death, she dies a white woman. <laughs> she With not... blonde hair. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could not. I So at first I thought, well, this is kind of like racist. Like they're like going this route. And I thought that was the case. But then they introduce black characters, albeit African caricatures of, of, of you know people. But but they introduce like, like Bugnug and they keep her around. I mean, they rape her. I think she's like the only character that gets raped in the whole series. Like, y'all broke me. Yeah, y'all broke me. I've, <laughs> I've, my hands have been up so high in this. Uh, what? <laughs> it and we and we haven't even gotten to touch on the magic that is episode six. <laughs> yeah. So let let's talk about it. Let's talk about episodes. Because we, I, I'm just saying that even after all we talk about here and the just absurdity of it all, it doesn't even compare to the absurdity that we're going to get to episode six. So I think we need to finish giving the foundation <laughs> of what we're doing right now. Yo, Yo is a, a, a multi-talented individual. He's a potter, an assassin. He's suddenly uh, the uh, incredible tattoo artist. He's a hairdresser. He's a delivery man, a bellboy. He is all these things. That's right. He's the one that gave that, that tattooed uh, yeah. his wife, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He's the one that puts the tigers on Amu's body, and and I'm just like, 
Of course he is. Because yeah. why would they have trained tattoo artists on staff for this kind of job? Paying for the damn submarine. You know, they call themselves the 108 or the 108. I think there's only four of them. You... <laughs> I think there's 108 of them. Well, in episode four, you see you know, all these hundreds of people waiting on either side. I'm guessing they're all accountants. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's only there's only four. I don't think there's any more dragons. <laughs> I, you know, it's amazing when you actually have the boss actually doing the work. All the work. He does. So one of eight dragons, and it should be one of seven dragons and one tiger. <laughs> Can we talk about the whole, uh, how everybody else had different tattoos as well? Yeah, everybody. Everybody's got full body tattoos. Uh, everybody. Like it don't matter. Like uh, I, I think my my favorite of it was was uh, Nina, the psycho Nagel drawing that wanted oh, to the... stuff him with her snake. Oh. Because that was just like I thought. I thought Koime in the in or Koimi, whatever her name was in in the first one, who just like didn't know what tops were. I thought she was. That was as much of for the extreme nudity as as you were gonna like. People who were just completely unabashedly unaware of the fact that they were naked, and and Nina, Nina took that shit to the next level. Like she took she took her outfit off the second she met Yo, just, like got out she it's like, and it's off. You're Yo, zip. Like okay, how are you? <laughs> and hello to you too. Did she land that way? She landed she right? that way for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, she landed from a hand right? Lands, yeah. gets out. There's Yo, zip titties out, zip. and then you're like, "There's a tattoo on this woman." Because at this point, you're like, "Well, of course, there's a tattoo on this woman. There's a tattoo on everybody." And then you find out it's that she's an obsessive fan, and that's why she's got the tattoo. Crazy fan girl stays that way, like you said, Lynette. Stays that way until she dies. <laughs> she rubs herself all over every part of you. His elbow, his <laughs> like not to mention everywhere. the fact that like she went. I mean, had... she went down on him, and he's not interested. And I don't know what kind of love has like, to be involved. What kind of what the. You, I know you can be a trooper, dude, but <laughs> sometimes you just should not. Just I don't. I loved when she's trying to get the first time she's got him laying down and she's like, oh, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. Like, this is going to be the greatest time. And she reaches down and he's not hard. And she smacks him and the music gets all dramatic. <laughs> like, it's like, holy shit. Why are you not hard? It's like, what the fuck? Calm down, lady. If it wasn't before, I'm not going to be now. Like, it was just, he had a headache. Everything ramped up. Like, it's like hyper dramatic right there because he couldn't get a, He didn't have a heart on. Oh, my God. This series. Was but crazy. that wasn't the first woman he had sex with in that series. He also had sex with the kidnapped, the, 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 <laughs> the daughter, the second daughter. The second daughter of the kidnapped. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, with the awesome Phoenix tattoo on her she back. Had, yeah, she had yeah, a tattoo had a too, because absolutely. Mm -hmm. If anything, this. Of which, let me say the best animation in the entire series was actually the rain gutter in episode five at the very beginning. <laughs> That water was so fluid and it was coming out of the gutter. It was like, oh, hopefully the rest of the episode is this fluid and it wasn't. I I appreciate that. That it yeah, you're not wrong. <sighs> wow.
So Brian, I feel like we can we can go to episode six now. I feel like I feel like we can get there. All of the world building that we have been doing in this pre in all these episodes, right? Yeah. First, we've had uh, again, we've had organizations from all over. We've had the Askin organizations. Then we had oh, they actually called them the Rambo's. Yeah. They did. I was like, oh, you guys are not even shying away from it. Not, not, even, not even trying to hide it. We're not even. We have a whole bunch of Rambos here. Okay, y'all should be paying some type of copyright. Like, sure, let's just go past that. So we have the Americans. And then we have the two people who, the two countries that probably would be better allies. See, the, the most communists. Where Russia is not going to get Yeah, yeah, I, the Russian connection. Um, it's what it, I think it's called that on the DVD. But yeah, the episode six. Ep, the, my only two notes for episode six because at this point, every other note from every other episode applies to episode six. Episode six was we had to have Russians. Like we couldn't get through. We couldn't get through this international, you know, show of criminals and their boobs. Without doing Russians, we had to have Russians, at least one of these. The only other thing I wrote down for this episode was this is, I think, the only episode where Yo keeps his clothes on the entire episode. He does not reveal his tattoo. He kills everyone in a suit. Well, now we know what he thinks of the Russians. There you go. No dignity. And, And the Russians, so... That character, the female, who I had hoped for something way more than what they gave. I thought when they introduced her and she was all tits out in a in a parka with her freaking like guns, I was like, oh, she's gonna be she's gonna be a, a badass. Like we're dealing right, with right. Ivan Drago of of this series, right? And they called her the Eskimo, which made me chuckle a little. Um, oh, <laughs> the pause at that piece but then she basically amounted to a to a fuck toy for the whole episode <laughs> her only purpose was to bang the japanese guy <laughs> was into gunplay which i felt that like they were trying to make the biggest um comparison between yo and his wife you think that's what they're going for i mean i don't know i mean we have one as well we have uh, uh, uh another japanese guy who likes to kill people with bladed weapons and we're going to give him a girl too and they're going to be uh, did we even see yo's wife in that episode no no i don't think i don't think she was in it at all yeah so she's this russian eskimo she's i maybe you're right maybe that's what they were trying to go for and like this truncated version of it that made that was turned into an anime like sort of removed that aspect of it but if it was, they represented it. They represented horrible. it horribly, horrible. and it, it did not read to me as a parallel to his relationship with his wife. And if it was, then his wife should have been in it because it should have been more obvious. More about love and family. <laughs> it's, it's all about family. Yeah, episode six was was rough for me. Did they? And maybe I missed it, but did they explain who the girl was? Apparently, she was from his. The girl that that was exactly what we're going to talk about. Yeah, the girl from his. They, they, there's so much they they pick up and say we're going. You know what? Uh huh. Nah. Never mind. We're good. 
nah, we're not even going to get him naked for this one. We just, we're good. Like the whole thing about trying to kill the Yakuza bosses. Yeah, sure. Right. And they're framing them. They're framing them for, for killing all these people. They're framing Freeman for killing the Yakuza bosses. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, I'm okay. To what end? Yeah. To what end? To start a war so, between the Yakuza and the 108? Because that's. Because the only thing that's going to happen is basically Freeman is going to go and kill the Yakuza. Right. <laughs> 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 so, well, Freeman, chances are he's going to walk in naked and kill everyone. Exactly. Except for episode six. And so then episode six subverts those expectations by having him not do that, having him only kill the two characters and being fully clothed the entire time. Sorry, sorry. The highest scope cap is two characters and 3,000. <laughs> Touche. Yes. And 3,000 Russian soldiers right. that are coming over on a boat and we see a missile. From their, their tactical nuclear submarine. <laughs> they, yes. they fire on this ship and <laughs> kill 3,000 Russian soldiers. <sighs> Man. Good stuff. <laughs> it's, it, 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 this, is, this is a series that wanted to be like Golgo 13. It wanted to be like, like James Bond level spy thriller, but with a spin of like Asian Yakuza sin, crime syndicate kind of stuff. It wanted to be a lot of things, but what it really was was Skinamax, period. Like, that's basically. I will say, episode one, I enjoyed it when I first watched it. I was a teenager. The best episode. Of course I watched. I loved episode one I watched when I watched it. But even, like, now watching it again and reflecting on it, episode one was my favorite episode because the promise of an interesting story was there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's... You know, all the years, it's still there, but... Two through six just kicks you right in the groin. Right. It's this is almost better if you never see episodes two through six and you just watch one and you fanfic your way through the rest of it. Because yeah, the promise is there for an interesting crime syndicate kind of story, uh, but they it never delivers on it for me. No. And uh, it's a shame. It tries to by saying yeah. you know, oh. we have true love. I will always come and you call, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. But either way, he's like banging his way through every episode. Mm -hmm. Every every girl he meets, she she's dropping trow. I mean, that's pretty much all that happens. She just goes, Freeman, boom. Freeman, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And mm. the wife is just sitting on the submarine. I think, I think, I think Snake Lady broke him. Yeah, you think Nina broke him? It's possible. I think Nina broke him, and it was like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. And when I say do this, I still don't mind killing people and crying about it, but I don't want to show my my wonderful tattoos. I don't think I want to do that anymore. I feel I feel self conscious about it now. I don't want to. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the the and then the biggest slap in the face at the end of episode six is the woman that he saves. I don't even think he knew that she was there when he went to go kill. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I think I think she was, and I, it's a wasted plot point because you never really know who this girl is. Is she his sister? Is she his former girlfriend? Is she his former wife? Is she who is she? It doesn't matter, and they're not going to tell you. And and then she doesn't even recognize him. Yeah, she doesn't know who he is. I thought it was like an elementary school buddy. 
Is that who it was? Pictures or high school buddy. Right. Like, uh, so it showed them in their youth. So I was like, oh, maybe it's an old girlfriend. Or maybe it's like an old, like, maybe it's like a sister or something. You know, like, I thought a lot of things, but it never gets answered. So I'm just she like, well, that yeah, was. Yeah, like you said, she doesn't even know who he is. Yeah. She gets her hair cut by a sword. But, you know, that, that's that's dramatic right there. Like, he cut her hair. And then she's unconscious. Yeah. We got to wrap up on this one. I think we've we've subsequently bitched about it for long enough here. Did we bitch, though? Did we? I feel like we kind of did a little. Did we, though? Kind of <laughs> yes, kind of no. Yeah, I think it's a little weird. It's all confused. Yeah, I think that this this one left me feeling a lot of things. A lot of things, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll give you my final thoughts and I'll hand it over to you guys. I feel like this anime did not age well. Um, I feel like it was designed for my 16, 17-year-old brain, and that's where it probably should have stayed. Uh, in revisiting it, my 16, 17-year-old sex drive was it had its interest peaked but but my old ass brain was like this is ridiculous like what are we watching here if you're gonna rewatch it if you ever plan on watching it i i recommend episode one episode one is fine as a world building kind of storytelling element that leaves you in an interesting place but it's never gonna pay off for you i think every episode after that is just gonna leave you wanting more of episode one and wondering what the fuck is going on uh, for the rest of the series. Uh, some of the kills I want to be impressed by, but I wasn't. It just, it just wasn't. So, so yeah, take that as what you will. Like it's episode one is probably worth it. In fact, I will flip and say this: you might be better off watching the 1995 live-action version starring Mark, Mark Dacascos because it retells episode one in in film and it does so in i, I want to argue a more realistic way because it's live action so they scale back some of the anime craziness and they tell a pretty compelling love story assassin crossover thing in that film and i think i feel like i feel like the movie is successful as a live action adaptation of episode one and i am glad that they never even bothered to try and do the rest of them so, so maybe just skip this is my two cents. Skip this and watch the movie instead. Lynette, what were your final thoughts on Crying Freeman? It is, it is an object of its time. You can definitely tell that. Um, I probably would not have watched it had it not been because of this. So thank you and kind of not thank you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you and curse you. You know, so just do a little bit of both there, you know, thank you, yeah. and I hate you all all at once, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, ep I agree. Episode one, I was like, yes, yes, let's get into this. And then episode two, I fully did the, what the hell? And then it just stayed throughout the whole. Yeah, I don't think it ever recovers itself. It's it's it is a product of its time. It, it came out during the '80s and '90s anime boom. Uh, of course, Streamline Pictures was all too happy to bring it over to the states because of what it is. Shock value alone is enough to make it stand out over contemporary uh, American releases. 
so they were all too happy to do it but yeah yeah it, it is it is very much productive it's time uh vic what are your final thoughts crying freeman oh i would say i agree with what everyone is saying yes if you're gonna force yourself to watch it just stop after episode one it is also definitely a product of its time, with the exception of episode four, which feels like it was a product from the late 60s, early 70s. Um, but yeah, it was, there was never any, any payoff at all. It's like, it, it could have been great. And then the very beginning of episode two, it just went, huh? And it just kept on making you ask more questions as to why would anyone do that? Or why, why is this happening this way? Why is everyone naked all the time? It's like, seriously, if you're fighting, uh, clothes offer some protection against stabby, stabby things. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot, but, you know, it, it's better than just being naked and getting stabbed in the chest multiple times. Just saying. Yeah. But it's, it, God, it's one of those that, you know, first, just like a lot of others, I watched the first episode in the 90s, and I didn't know any, anything else existed until recently. But it was so disappointing. I agree. Yeah, the uh, the series features some some impressive killing, but mostly some impressively stupid criminals. Brian, Brian, what are your final thoughts on Crying Freeman? I would actually say part two is actually necessary as well. I think you can leave with, with one and two. Let it go. Go. Let it. Let it. Let it in with Kobe and Bird that scene. You know. Um, Everything else is just, it's too absurd. The absurdity of it is just, it, it, it's, what the fuck? But I will also say that um, it's something to be said about the, I got, I got, I, I got to say it this way. So when you look at a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Right. You see, he's getting his ass whooped, and it's all about the the roundhouse kicks that connect with him, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about the attacks. So he will be kicked one, four. I mean, it, it's numerous. But if you watch a Jackie Chan type film, right, it's all about the attacks that don't get through and how they block in there. You know, sure. I think the difference between say, Gogo 13 and Crying Freeman is that Gogo is all about the blocks and the tactics that he has to use to actually make his kills work as opposed to just a free-for-all. There, nothing seems difficult for him in these, in these. None of the kills and I don't feel I don't feel I'm not emotionally involved in any of the kills because they come so easy for him. So I have to say that you can leave it at one and two and ride off to the fucking sunset. I can see that. I can see that. Um, two does offer a little more expansion on, on the lore. You could probably get away with, with leaving it there. I definitely. Yeah, it expands the lore, but it also starts expanding the absurdity. Yeah, it's, it's a fine like, line. Leave it right there. Leave it yeah. right there. It's a fine line. I mean, it's not, it's not like one doesn't have any absurd moments itself. True. No, no. It's just two starts the crazy stuff. And it's like, we need a super cut of episode two and then call it a day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, it's, uh, I think that's going to do it for Crying Freeman, guys. I, it's, it, 
I wish we had nicer things to say about it. I don't know. I, I remembered it differently, I guess. So revisiting yeah, it. Yeah, it drives me nuts because I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it also like, but also like I did hate it. Like, like I, I kind of hated it. You hated the wasted potential. In yeah, the story. I think that's what it is. Uh, to all uh, Chinese crime families that are listening to this, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Please. <laughs> don't kill uh, me. I, I love it. I love what you are doing. And then, uh, good luck with your submarine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you are a Chinese criminal syndicate and you own a tactical nuclear submarine, uh, good on you. Good on you. Great, great work there, guys. Just and, and you do you. I'll cry before you want to kill them. You can kill everybody else on the panel. I will cry. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, right. The second you walk into the room, I'm bawling. I'm, done. I'm bawling. I got what you need, buddy. I got it. I can do this shit. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, folks. Well, that's going to be our show for today. So until next time, keep calm and keep your damn clothes on. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.